So this knowledge, what does it teach you? What does this knowledge teach us? How does it help us? How does this knowledge help us? What does it teach us? Something you don't know. What is that? The self within the happiness or being within with one. Yeah, okay. What else? What does this knowledge, how does it help you? What does it teach you? What can you do with this knowledge when you gain this knowledge? Be at peace and happy. You have peace and happiness, yes. And become self-realized. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> what else? What else? What else does it help you with? Something we all need. Kevil? Uh, teaches us who we are and how to function in the world. Yeah, very good. Very good. And this came to me yesterday. Yesterday I went to the office to get some help to understand some accounts. My brother, Sunil, he has knowledge of accountancy. So we sat together and he went through the numbers with me. After his explanation of each line, I was able to understand the accounts better. Before his explanation, they didn't make much sense to me. I'm not an accountant. Similarly, we have no understanding of what life is, what this world is, why it is the way it is, why is the world like this? We have no way of explaining certain events that happen in the world, events that happen in our lives. So therefore this knowledge educates us to understand the world better. Understand our role in this world. Once we understand this, we're able to navigate our life in the world better. As Kevin said, helps us to get through life. How to relate to be, uh, how to relate to people. How to relate to the world. It's like 
a ship in the ocean. Without a compass, how does it know where to go? He needs the compass to show him which way is north, south, east, west. Only then he can get to his destination. Similarly, without this knowledge, which acts as a compass, we're just groping in the dark. So this is how this knowledge helps us. Because we're not born with this understanding. We don't know what to do in life, besides the usual, how to get through it, how to get through ups and downs. We don't know how to deal with these situations. But this is how the knowledge helps us. And everyone is alive, everyone is living in this world. So everyone needs this knowledge. Otherwise you're lost, groping in the dark, finding your way, stumbling through, stumbling over the chair, over the table, falling down, hurting yourself. This is what we're doing in life. Any questions? So we're lost without this. And these great sages spent so much time, spent so much reflection, thinking to come up with this. So the more we learn, the more we understand, the better our lives will be. Meaning, if you fall down, you can get up quicker. We will fall down. It allows us to get up quicker. You will get angry. It allows you to overcome your anger quicker through this understanding. Any questions? Any clarifications? This is what the Bhagavad Gita is. Manual on life. Manual on how to live life. That's how it is regarded as. So last week, verse 25, we did, O Bharta, as the ignorant act attached to action, so should the wise one act unattached, wishing the welfare of the world. <coughs> Arjuna, the whole world is functioning with attachment. You should function without attachment. What is attachment? What is attachment? What is attachment? I'm just recapping because I think it's important for today's class. What is attachment? Binding yourself to the action. What can I get from this action? How will I benefit? Selfish interest. Everyone is functioning in this way. When you're unattached, you have a higher ideal beyond your own selfish interest. Arjuna, act without attachment. The higher ideal is Hastinapur. You've got to fight this battle and win for the sake of Hastinapur. Sake of your fellow people living here. It's your duty. So don't act attached, act unattached. Verse 26, we covered. Let not the wise men unsettle the minds of the ignorant, attached to action. So people who are attached, 
while acting. Don't unsettle their minds. Acting united with the self, let him render all actions attractive. And it meant, what we said was, it is not wise to sermonize the people who are attached to actions. You can't tell a selfish person to be unselfish. He doesn't understand that. You understand, you must act with a higher ideal. But people who are attached to action, you can't unsettle them by telling them this. You know your problem is you are attached to the action, you are selfish. It goes over their head. How dare you call me selfish? They get their backs up. So what must you do? You identify with the self. You follow this path. Think of a high ideal. You lead by example. Make your attractions, make your actions attractive. Others will follow. Don't advise, just live the life. You be the beacon. Knowledge is taken, never given. I can't tell anyone I meet on the, in the street or people I know, come to this class. You put an advert out and you're all here. I've not coaxed anyone or forced anyone because I cannot. Anything forced is not forceful. Any change is gradual. You can't change a person's personality overnight. Why not? Why can't you change a person's personality? Yeah, Dharmesh? Their vasanas and their intellect. Their vasanas. You can't change their vasanas. The vasanas are such. can't change a selfish person to be unselfish overnight. They need education. They need to want to be able to change. Only then it can happen. And then verse 27. So verse 27, 28, 29 talks about how to detach from action. So we're going to co uh, we cover 27 very briefly at the end last week. So I'm just going to go over that and then we'll start 28 and 29. Actions in all cases are performed by the gunas, qualities of prakriti, nature. One who is deluded by egoism thinks I am the doer. We covered that last, last verse we covered last week. And what this means is that Everyone functions based on their vasanas. It's their vasanas that propel all action, not the self. Remember that. For today's class, remember this. It's the vasanas that propel all action, not the self. What does the self do? What does the self do? Witnesses, what? Witnesses, yeah. What does the self do in a person, in, a, in, anim, in all human beings, in all animals? Dharmesh? It's just the energy, the battery. 
the battery. Well put. The self only enlivens the personality. How the personality of the person is, has got nothing to do with the self. They can't change a person's vasanas overnight. Only gradually. All actions are the expressions of the qualities of an individual's nature, their vasanas. And everyone functions based on their vasanas. No vasanas, no life. Is that clear to everyone? The self only enlivens. It's like a car. Car cannot go anywhere unless it's got fuel, petrol or electricity. But how the car drives, if it gets into an accident, it goes over a ditch, it gets home safely, it's got nothing to do with the petrol. How fast it goes, not to 60, it's got nothing to do with the petrol. Does it drive fast, slow, nothing to do with petrol? Similarly, Vasnas have different qualities. Sattva, Rajas, Tamas. And that's why every person is different. So I had this diagram done, but I can't share it because this explained all this. So if you want to develop spiritually, example, you want to develop spiritually, you have to have a Vasna for it. Only then it will propel you to develop spiritually. If you don't have a vasana for spiritual development, you cannot. You have to have a desire for it. And the person who has spiritual vasana, spiritual development, they will join this class. So you, you all have a desire, hence you're here. Now, how does this desire, which is a vasana, manifest in different qualities? So you have a vasana for spiritual development, so you're all here, yeah? So a sattvic person has a vasana for this spiritual development. He'll be enthusiastic. He may read the verses beforehand, read the text after beforehand, try to understand the meaning before the class. Sattvic person. A rajasic person who also has a vasana for this spiritual development is may also be in this class. May not do this. He may just feel, okay, I like these classes. I locate Sunday morning for an hour. Then I have to go and get my car washed. Then I have to go shopping. His mind is very active. This evening I'm meeting my friends. So this I need to do for an hour before I do all these things. Rajasic person. How will a tamasic person, who also has a desire for spiritual development, how will he act? How do you think a tamasic person may act? Hmm? I don't know, but how, what do you think? Tamasic person, how would he act? He might say, it's Sunday, I have to go to class, I have a desire, I don't want to miss class. They say, oh, it's at 10.30, I'll sleep until 10.15. Maybe I'll watch it in bed. After, maybe I'll have another nap before I get up. That's how a tamasic person might, who has a desire for 
this knowledge come to the class. Vasana is the same for all three, but they manifest differently based on the quality of the Vasana. Sattva, Rajas, Tamas. Those are the quality of the Vasana, or Gunas. So these Vasanas are enlivened by Atman, the self. Without Atman, self, we cannot perform any actions. But the ignorant does not understand this. He believes he is the doer, he is the actor, he does everything. Any questions? Does that make sense regarding the different qualities of the Vasana? I've done it very briefly. Kermish, you had a question. We talk about Vasanas and we talk about the soul or Atman. But when we, when we pass over, mm -hmm. mind moves over as well. So it knows what will be done. Mm -hmm. That's an energy form of such, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's not Atman and it's not Vasna. Or is it? Atman doesn't move. Why doesn't it move? I left my water near the coffee machine. Atman doesn't move, first of all. Why doesn't Atman move? Why doesn't Atman move? Yeah, Arunamin? Is it because we say it's the South and it's Brahman, so it's there all the time? Yes, it's there all the time. Something else, Anilam? It's all pervading. So All pervading. It's everywhere. Atman, Self, Brahman is everywhere. It's like the ocean. All the fishes are swimming in the ocean. The water is everywhere in the ocean. Similarly, Atman, Brahman is everywhere. And we're all acting in the medium of that. So it doesn't move. What moves is your vasanas. To the next life. That's the energy, vasanas, the qualities that move to the next life based on how you behave here now. How many vasanas you've got? You may have started with a million. By when you're dying, you might have 10 million because you've increased it. Or you've been uh, spiritually developing, reducing, actively reducing your vasanas. You may have 100,000. That propels you to the next life. No vasanas, no next life. Self realization. So it's your vasanas that move. Is that okay? And that is based on these qualities. Sattva, Rajasthamas. Good, bad. Is everyone clear on that? Everyone clear on the qualities, gunas? When we say gunas, it's the Sattva, Rajasthamas, gunas, qualities. Yeah? Before we move to the next verse, it's important that we all understand that. Mm -hmm. so. so I'm 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 a bit confused on the gunas because I probably incorrectly thought that somebody who is sattvic would have the tendencies towards wanting to develop themselves, wanting to better things and 
progress spiritually um, and reduce vastness and that is just their inherent nature because they're more sattvic, full stop. And um, the rajasic person, although they've got some tendencies of sattva in them, they're more predominantly active, so they're always thinking about I've got to do this, that, and the other, and mm -hmm. relatively wouldn't be uh, uh, as sattvic as the other person because they're more into the action. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, rajas person, um, sorry, the tamas person is just this ball of laziness in a sense of not wanting to do much whether it's be active or be spiritual and actually everything is too much bother for them so I, I don't then understand how the gunas are into that sattva rajas and tamas in spirituality so first of all these are the three different qualities yeah we all understand that just because you're a sattvic person meaning your nature is of being a good person yeah pure person yeah not doing harm to anybody, thinking of other people. Being unselfish. Yeah, being unselfish. Does that mean that, that doesn't mean that you're you have the knowledge of spiritual development? You're just a good human being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. You have to have a vasna for this knowledge. See, as I said in the example, a rajas, sorry, a sattvic person, good person, a rajas person, and a tamasic person could have a vasna for this knowledge. In the ashram. We had lazy people who wouldn't get up in the morning at 4.30, yeah? but they were in the ashram to study this subject, but they, they wouldn't get up. Swami used to say, you are a domestic fellow in the ashram. Yeah. <laughs> so therefore he has the desire for this knowledge, but he's a domestic person, meaning he's a lazy person. Yeah? A rajasic person has this desire for this knowledge. He's also in the ashram very active, yeah. And then you got a sattvic person who's pure, is always there at 4.30 for prayers in the morning outside, rain or shine, is there every time on time, puts all the effort and energy in, virgins, everything is always there. So quality of the person, doesn't is sattvic rajas tamas meaning different qualities that doesn't necessarily mean they have a desire for spiritual development does that, it's, it's a good question is that, does that make sense Shashi, make sense yeah you can have no desire for spiritual development and still be a good human being a sattvic person is that okay cool. any clarification on that yeah okay, well. so if i'm correct in understanding we all have a little bit of rajas a little bit of tamas and a little bit of sattvic in us is it fair to say so for certain um for certain uh um vasanas we would be tamasic towards it for certain vasanas we would be sattvic towards it and certain vasanas we be rajasic towards it yeah if that's the case what is the process to transform from one to the other? So if there's a vasana that we have a desire for and we are tending to be tamasic towards it or rajasic towards it, how do we transform that so that we sattvic towards it? So it's based on the strength of the desire. 
how you will deal with that. It's based on the strength of the desire. If you, for example, wanted to develop spiritually, yeah, and you want to understand this knowledge more, turn it more into wisdom, make it part of your life, what is the one key thing you need to do? Vanita, what do you need to do? Wake up at 4 a.m. and read. <laughs> Not 4 a.m. Come on, you're putting everyone off. 5 a.m. And read and reflect. Yeah? Yeah. 5 a.m. You study, yes? And that then, that knowledge, as you get into it and you do it regularly, okay, you develop in this field. Now, if you're a tamasic person, then you won't get up at that time. That desire for that development isn't as strong. So you need to cultivate it. Your intellect has to say, I need this knowledge. I need to put extra effort in. So intellect has to back it. Yeah. It's not easy, but that's how it's done. You have to strengthen that desire and the intellect has to say, okay, I need to get up because I need to learn this subject. See, the desire is there. I want to develop spiritually, but you're not able to put the effort in. Cool. Is that okay? He's not asking just on the spiritual field, but he's talking about general vasanas, for example, where there are other vasanas that we have that also would be determined by our three temperaments. Yeah. So, you know, if that vasana is if we're thamasic towards it, how do we change it to adjust it? So it's the strength of the intellect. It's the strength of the intellect. It's the intellect that tells you, I need to do this. The mind is the one, one that's saying, you know what, I can't be bothered. So you have to strengthen the intellect. And when you study in the morning with this knowledge, it strengthens your intellect. So you take control of your life in all areas, not just spiritual development. When you develop your intellect, the, the, gross, the gross intellect helps you in the world. The subtle intellect helps you to develop spiritually. So for no matter what area of your life you want to develop, you need to develop your intellect. Because what stops you from doing it? Kill, what stops you from doing it? Your mind. Your mind. And the likes and dislikes of the mind. I can't, I don't like doing it. I don't want to do it. I can't be bothered. I'll do it tomorrow. So the intellect must say, no, you've got to do it now. So you need to develop the intellect. Is that okay? Cool. Yeah, so ultimately, everything boils down to having a strong intellect. Absolutely, everything. Because mind, as we said, is like a child. You can ask for anything. Mm. Isn't it? How do you control? The adult has to control the child. You can't let the child run across the road when it feels like it because he sees an ice cream man. The adult has to say, hey, hang on. Let's cross at the zebra crossing. That's your intellect. Mm. That's the adult in you. So if you strengthen that, then you're in control, the adult is in control of your life rather than the child, which is the mind. Good question. Does everyone understand that? Is that okay, Kyo? Good. Okay, so Vasanas propel your life in living by Atman, and the Vasanas have different qualities. Sattvic, Rajas, Tamas. So if we're all on the same page, then we can start.
start the next verse. Yeah. Any clarifications? Because I don't want to lose you in, in the next two verses. That's why I want to make sure that you all understand this. Okay, good. So verse 28. Tatvavitu mahabaho gunakarma vibhagayoho but he, O Mahabaho, with true insight into the distinctions of gunas, qualities, and actions, knowing that gunas as senses abide in gunas as objects is not attached. Sounds very complicated, but we'll go through this. So in the Sanskrit, it said, it started with Tatvavittu. Tatvavittu, whoever's got the book. Tatvavittu Mahabaho. So, Tattva means the real essence. What is the real essence? What's the real essence in you? Manita, what's the real essence in you? Atma. Atma, thank you. Tattva means the real essence, meaning knower of the self. You are knower of the self. Manita, you just said, my essence is Atman. So, Vittu. Tattva Vittu. Vittu means similar to Smith in English. You know, we say he's a goldsmith. He's a silversmith. They are knower about gold and silver, correct? A goldsmith knows about gold. Silversmith knows about silver. Similarly, Tattva Vittu means knower, essence of life, meaning knower of self. Tatvavittu, knower of self. You are all Tatvavittu. You are all knower of the self. Correct? So this person, Tatvavittu, knower of the self, knows about vasanas. He has knowledge about gunas. He has knowledge about how they function. That's what he's saying. And if you know this, then any situation in life you can deal with. Any idea how knowing this can help? Noah of the self, Noah of Vasanas and Gunas, how can that help you? Nilam? It's just having that awareness of um, how you're acting and then making a choice of doing things differently rather than just going about stuff, you know, not knowing or being aware. Yeah, very well. Very good. What else? Neil Adonish. You understand that the world and people act on the vastness as well. Yeah. And they have no control over it. Absolutely. You and can understand why a person behaves in a certain way. And why is that important? 
Why is it important, Bonita? Why is it important? Because you have to accept them for who they are and not instead of getting annoyed or frustrated. Um, Absolutely. Sort of. what, what, what agitates people is other people. Other people's behavior agitates you, isn't it? In life, that's what agitates us. We don't agitate ourselves. We're perfect. But other people agitate us. Why? Because they're, they're not like us. They're imperfect as far as we're concerned. So it agitates us, it upsets us. Why does this person behave in this way? So uh, you are all tatpavittu, knower of the self. You all know about vasnas, you all know about gunas. That's why I said, is everyone on the same page before we go to the next verse? So you have no excuse now, okay? You all know this. So now you have an idea, you know, a person could be a bad, wicked person. You might wonder why is he this way? He's vasnas. They have bad, wicked vasnas. They've got bad quality vasnas. If you understand this, then you don't get affected by their behavior. They don't know they're wicked. They think it's normal to be wicked. Duryodhana, he doesn't think he's wicked, he thinks he's normal. So if you understand everyone behaves on their vasanas, on their gunas, how can you blame them? How can they agitate you? Poor fellow is a wicked person. A gambler will have gambling vasanas. A student will have student vasanas. A business person will have business vasanas. A drinker will... When you understand this, then you become objective, detached from this person's behavior. Doesn't mean you let him be, yeah? But you understand, this is their vasana. In the back of your head, you understand. You may need to be angry at that person, but you understand that's his vasana. Otherwise, you'll be saying he's always working, comes home 10 o'clock in the night. He's always in the pub. He's always gambling. They have these weird vasanas. They can't help themselves. You understand, these are their vasanas. See, in the animal kingdom, a lion is ferocious, it kills, yes? We don't say, why is that lion ferocious? You see the lion and you know it's going to be ferocious. You make sure it's in a cage before you go near it. Why? Why does he always kill? We don't say that. We just accept it. Why? Why do we accept this? Yeah, Shashi? It's the inherent nature. It's the inherent nature. You're reading my notes, Shashi. It's <laughs> the inherent nature. They have a ferocious fastener. 
Their behavior is to be ferocious. That's their vasna, nature. If you see a rabbit, you don't want to, you don't, you don't mind if it's a cage or not. You'll go near it, you'll stroke it. Why? Because you know the nature of a rabbit. Rabbits' vasnas are, they're mild and timid. You accept this when it comes to animals. So why do we find it difficult when it comes to human beings? Vanita? Because we have so many layers and we don't have a label on us that says this person's a wicked person. They just look the same as us, but their thoughts are different, unfortunately. So we have to figure it out for ourselves. That's right. So that's why you, you need this understanding, this knowledge to be able to figure these things out. And that's why once we have this understanding, we become detached from the way people behave. Meaning we don't get affected by it. We don't let it get affected. It doesn't affect us as much. We understand this is their vastness. This is important. This is very important to know because in life, it's only other people's actions that agitate us. Yeah, Bonita. I, I think sometimes you are affected by someone's behavior, but it doesn't last as long as that sadness or that hurt because you understand that, that there's a cutoff point at some point as well, because I think that's a learning process, a part of understanding somebody as well. So it yeah, takes yeah. time, isn't it? It takes time, it takes understanding, takes knowledge. You know, that's why there's so many divorces, because of lack of understanding. If one person in the in the in um, in the marriage understands this knowledge, yeah, they may still get divorced, but it goes with understanding. It goes with knowledge, and then they make a sound judgment, and then they make that decision, or they save it. Also, you'll find these people with these vasanas; they will hang around with similar people. A drinker will go with his fellow drinking friends to the pub. He's not going to ask a person who doesn't drink. Come on, let's go for a pint. Gambler will go gambling with his gambling friends. So when you understand this, you'll stop saying, why are you going to the pub? Every day you're going to the pub. They have drinking vasanas. If you had drinking vasanas, you'll go to the pub with them. But you don't. This is how a person behaves. This is their nature, this is their vastness. Some of you may say, you know, my partner, I always tell him, come to these classes, they're so educational, but he's not interested. He's always just working. Why is that? He has business vastness, not philosophy vastness. You can't force anyone to come. So, a wise person, meaning one who has knowledge of the self, identifies with the self, understands that a person is acting based on his vasanas. The self is separate and beyond this. Everyone has an Atman and self within them. It's 
the vastness that creates the personality of the person. You understand that the quality of the actions come from his vastness. Vastness is the prime mover in action. So having this understanding, you're not attached. You're not affected by their actions. You remain objective. That's the difference. The more you identify with the self within, the greater that detachment. He is the self, just like the self in me. But his vastness are making him the person that he is. Otherwise, there's no difference between me and him. We are the same. So when you're able to do this, this is called objectivity. Very important word. How objective are you? How are you able to see situation without being affected? This is objectivity. The more you identify with the self, the more objective a person becomes in life towards the functioning of vastness. When you realize the self 100%, you become completely detached, a witness to the gunas functioning. So from this verse, you must learn to be objective in life. Try and be a witness to all the things going on in the world. Understand this is how the world and everyone in it functions. Lord Krishna calls Arjuna, O Mahabaho, meaning mighty armed. This is to imply that Arjuna should use his power to overcome his own vasanas, gunas, and actions. Take this knowledge, understand. Duryodhana's acting based on his vasanas. You must act now and fight this battle and win. Any questions? Any clarifications? You all get the gist of the idea? Okay. Ravi, 28. Atma is the core of your personality. It enlivens the body, mind, and intellect to activity. But your vastness, inherent tendencies, determine the qualities, gunas, of activities. If your vastness are sattvic, pure in nature, your thoughts, desires, and action will also be subject. <coughs> if your vasanas are rajastic or domestic, their manif manifestation will be of the same type. If you have vasanas of a kind and generous nature, you will manifest kind and generous ideas, feelings, and actions. If you have cruel and wicked vasanas, so will there be manifestations as the vastness, so the thoughts, desires, and actions. An enlightened one who identifies with the self recognizes the vastness, gunas, and actions are functioning apart from the self. In his complete identification with the self, he remains detached and unaffected by the play of the vastness, gunas, and action. He virtually becomes a witness observing the different gunas functioning. He understands that everyone's internal gunas qualities will perforce 
manifest to corresponding actions and be drawn to compatible beings, objects and environments. For example, students will be found in the company of students in an academic environment. Professionals will associate with professionals in their respective fields. Elephants will congregate with elephants and ants with ants. With this true insight, the perfect one remains totally objective in life, unattached to the happenings in the world. The state of perfection could be absolute or relative, meaning a complete or partial identification with the self. When a person has practically no insight into the distinctions between the inner self and the outer activities of the vasanas and gunas, he remains fully involved and attached to the world. As he gains this knowledge, he identifies more with the self and thereby becomes less attached to the world of vasanas, gunas and actions. Thus, he acquires more and more objectivity until he reaches the state of absolute perfection. Mahabal is Arjuna, literally meaning mighty armed. Krishna implies that Arjuna should use his strength and valor to gain his mastery over his own vasanas, gunas, and actions. Thank you. So the greater the identification of the self, the greater the objectivity. The more you identify with the self, the more objective you can be. Remember I just said, person is wicked but you understand the self is within them is the self self same self within me that gives you objectivity you're able to do that any clarifications yeah so mm-hmm. so inherently we're more used to looking outside than inside and we might be able to think that relatively we're of this nature or that nature and this complexity of one being of a different nature, like Gavin was saying, you know, we're on abundance of Sadhguru, and Tamas and so is everybody else. So in essence of identifying with another person's nature would you say it's just because because this this thing about the more the identification with the self the more objective you are right so i can uh easily i suppose relatively um identify with myself but a wicked person i could not identify with their self because their wickedness is so much more greater than that self that is already subtle. So, you know, we're taking to an extreme to think wickedness, but in relative terms of, you know, being in a group of people, for example, at work with all these different natures. So when you say objectivity, so you can be more objective with yourself, but to be objective with the world, how can you become more objective? Is it because I'm not really identifying with the self? What, what is it that's stopping me then? Just answer the own question. Is it? Yeah. The more you identify with the big self, 
yeah, not yourself, the big self, Atman, Brahman, yeah, so the distinctions between myself and myself, Atman, two different things, okay, the more you identify with Brahman, Atman, the spiritual energy within you, okay, knowing that Brahman is all-pervading, yeah, everything is Brahman, as you expand that identification, everything in the world is Brahman. But you're not able to do that. So I'm identifying with the world than with the self. So you're identifying with people's nature rather than the, the enlivening factor within them. Everyone is the self. Myself, yourself, everybody's self is the same. Brahman is all pervading. So when I say I'm identifying with myself, I'm identifying with my little self. Your little self. <laughs> <laughs> not the big self the more you identify with the big self Brahman the greater your objectivity does that make sense Deborah? Okay. everyone can identify with their little self you know who I am <laughs> you know what my what, what my nature you know what my position in life is everyone has that but how many of you say, you know what, the self in you, the self in me, we are both the same. When you're able to say that, then it doesn't bother you. Nothing bothers you of that person. The self in me is the self in you. I know you're a wicked person, but we are both the self. Then you have developed. Yeah, Juanita. A big part of that is letting go of the ego of the little self, which is what stops you understanding the big self, I think. Yeah, it's all to do with the ego. You identify with your body, mind, intellect, and your vasanas, your gunas, rather than the big self, the Atman within you. The more you identify with the Atman within you, the greater your objectivity. Can everyone understand how that relationship works? Right now, as soon as you identify, as soon as you see a difference between you and the other person, you're identifying with your personality, your body, mind, intellect, your vastness. The minute you identify with the Atman within you, then there is no difference because I'm the same as this person, regardless of who they are. They could be a convict. They've done murder. And they're in prison because they've been a really bad person. But the self in them is the self, the same for me. Their vastness are different. Poor fellow. He's a victim of his vastness. He's a victim of his vastness. Poor guy. You feel sympathy for him. Even though he's a wicked person. I'm so grateful that I'm not a wicked person. My vastness are good vastness. Comparatively. To a self-realized person, compared to a self-realized person, your vastness are wicked. <laughs> you see, it's relative. <laughs> Self-realized person say, what are you doing? Why are you running around? You know? You are the self. But So compared to self-realized person, you're a wicked person. But compared to you, because you have some knowledge or you're a good vastness, you know, someone worse than you is a more wicked person than you. It's all relative. Who sets the standard? Any clarifications? Any questions? Uh, I don't know, Ben. 
Yeah, I just wanted to ask. So, if you like, I think sometimes the battle is more within yourself, isn't it? I mean, some it doesn't even have to be with someone else. And if you see that there's some guna in you that you want to that creates a, a situation which you know you're not happy about, then is it about actually just working on that all the time, isn't it, to get another um, outcome? So recognizing, first of all, being self-aware and then working on that so that, you know, you kind of, um, gosh, I had that question a minute ago. I'm just trying to think, you know, just. You need the objectivity within you. Your intellect has to develop to be objective to your personality. This part of my personality, I don't like. Yeah, I need to develop that part of my personality. Mm. Only the intellect can do that. So this is where objectivity comes in. You're objective over your personality. My vastness are such, I need to work and get more knowledge, get more understanding, find a way of overcoming that. It's not easy. The stronger the vasana, the more difficult it is. See, some, that's why certain things you're able easily to overcome and deal with. But some things are much more difficult because that, that vasana is so strong. Because there'll be a satric vasana for some things, but they, they may not be. It might be rajasic in, in another way. Like rajasic, might be tamasic. Yeah. Or that vasana may not be very uh, strong. You're easy to overcome it. You know, I can lose weight just like that. Some people, they cannot. So if your consciousness pricks, I think that is a clear indicator that something needs to change here, isn't it? So the next verse talks about this. So if you're okay, we can cover it because this, these three mm. verses go together. Yeah. So it will take about 10 minutes, but I would like to cover the next verse because that's what it talks about. Yeah. Sure. How Thank to you. be objective. <clears throat> Sajante guna karmasu, dana kritsnavito mandan, kritsnavina vichalaye, prakatil guna samudaha, sajante guna karmasu, dana kritsnavito mandan, kritsnavina vichalaye, those deluded by the gunas, qualities of prakriti, nature, are attached to the functions of the gunas. One of perfect knowledge should not unsettle the dull-witted whose knowledge is imperfect. So it covers two, this verse covers two things. So it says, so person who has, the person who does not have this knowledge, knowledge of the self, they're referred to here as dull-witted confused person. This person is fully involved and attached in the world. No objectivity. You must not force this knowledge on such unprepared minds. This is what it's saying. Person who doesn't understand this knowledge, who hasn't got this knowledge, is a dull-witted person. You must not force this knowledge on such unprepared minds. It, not, it would not only be a waste of time, but they will not understand. In fact, it could create more harm than good. 
we should not unsettle them with this knowledge. Can do more harm than good. How can this happen? How can you, by giving this knowledge to an unprepared mind, create harm to them? How can you, by giving this knowledge, create harm to the unsettled mind? Whenever? Don't have the mental capacity to absorb that information, so it would make it make it hard for them to understand where they are in life. It confuses them even more. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. They don't have the capacity to then question and find the answers. But that doesn't create any harm to them. How can this knowledge create harm, Carol? Uh, if they have a lack of understanding or don't have the willingness to understand. You could push them even further away from understanding the self and Atman and Brahman. So essentially pushing them in the wrong direction. Yeah, you could maybe do that. Um, anybody else? How can you unsettle this? The mind of, an, of a person who doesn't have this knowledge. They could, they could misinterpret it in the way they want to understand it and then use that as like we have covered it before. Um, what was it about Krishna and how I can't remember the parts of it, but they take it completely wrong. Very good, Joshua. They will misunderstand this knowledge. See, some of you have been coming to these classes for some time, yeah? You know, we've done maybe over 200 classes. I don't know, I've lost count. Some of you have been coming from the beginning, from day one. You have gained this knowledge slowly like a drip feed. Drip, drip, drip every week. You've learned from the basics, the foundation, and built it up. As you gain this knowledge, you started changing from within. Change comes gradually. You may not even realize that you're changing. That's how it works. The change it comes gradually from understanding, from thinking, and then the knowledge turns into wisdom. Now, you force someone to come to these few classes, yeah? They, they get excited, okay. You know, I really look up to you. I'm gonna come to a few of these classes because you won't take no for an answer, okay? And the friend respects you and say, okay, I'm coming. They come for four or five classes. Let's say right now, a person joins and hears these few verses we're covering, okay? Without understanding the foundation, the basics, what we've already covered, they could take what we've just said literally and think, so whatever I do is my vasanas. I'm not responsible for them then. I am the self. My vasanas are separate. This, could, this person could take no responsibility for their actions. This knowledge can be detrimental to them. I am Atman Brahman. This world is an illusion. You tell that to a person who has no understanding. They can go crazy. Is this illusion? I can do what I want. What does it, difference does it make? No objectivity. Do you understand, Kevil? And you might say, well, they, they must be a crazy, crazy person. Trust me, there are people like that. Swamiji is very careful in the ashram. He keeps an eye on everyone. Anyone going slightly astray mentally, yeah, he has asked people to leave for their own, own well-being because they've taken this knowledge to a state where they've actually lost all 
sight of reality. You guys are coming every Sunday morning for an hour and a half. Imagine 24-7, three years. And this is all you understand and breathe and everything is the same. Just knowledge of the self. You can go crazy. You lose sense of reality. And there have been people like that. And some just have politely, I've asked them to leave. So you cannot give this knowledge to anyone nilly-willy. Right? You could do them more harm than good. This is what we're saying. So this objectivity we talked about in the last verse. A wise person who has this knowledge of the self, he's more objective in life, we said. Meaning he understands that all activities comes from a person's vasana. But because he identifies with the self, he does not get involved with his vasanas. He's detached from them. He acts like a sakshi, a witness to everything going on. This world is an illusion, very deep. A person with this understanding, without this understanding, is totally involved with his vasanas. A person with no knowledge of the self, totally involved with his vasanas. And there's an example given in this verse. Let's say you, mother, takes their child to the movies. This is objectivity, yeah? You go to the movies. Let's say you go and see this film, Life of Pi, for example, yeah? You all seen the Life of Pi? Yeah. So much going on in the movie, action, tragedy, the ship sinks, so many people in it. One boy escapes on a small boat. And what does he find? He finds there's a line on the same little, little rowing boat. There's a line on there as well. Tiger, sorry. Tiger's getting hungry, ready to eat. <coughs> What's the food? The boy. You as an adult, while watching the movie, you go through the emotions of the movie. You understand that it's a movie. You have that objectivity, don't you? You don't get involved. You have that objectivity. This is a movie. Even if the tiger eats the boy, it's still a movie. You have that objectivity. You are a witness to the movie. You don't get involved on what is happening on the screen, do you, as adults? But for the child, it is different. Child is fully involved in the movie. Mom, mom, the lion is going to kill the boy. I can't watch. Closes the eyes. Your mom, you, you close the child's eyes yourself. Don't watch. They get scared. Child is fully involved. Child forgets that it's a movie. They think it's real. The tiger is going to eat the boy. They lack the same objectivity as you do as the adult. Correct? Is everyone with me? After the movie later, you say, Beta, it's only a movie. It's not real. But the child finds it hard to understand that concept. Because he was scared. Saw the lion, the tiger. So similarly... <laughs> A person with this knowledge of the self, he looks at life with objectivity. They see everything as a play of vasanas. They just witness this like they witness the movie. That's objectivity. When you see this life as a movie, you have total objectivity. But a person without this knowledge is like the child in the movie theater. No objectivity, totally involved in everything going on in the world affected by everything, 
So the wise person, person with this knowledge of the self, understands that the ignorant lack objectivity. They need time and effort to overcome their worldly attachments. Therefore, Krishna advises the wise not to sermonize and unsettle the minds of the ignorant who are not ready for this knowledge. That's why you can't do this. Hema. Few can claim to possess absolute objectivity. Rarely do people see themselves as the supreme being, merely witnessing the play of gunas, qualities in individuals. The place and play of gunas has been explained in the previous verse. People have no concept of reality. Instead, they identify with gunas and become attached to their functionings. Thus, they become deluded and lost in the world. A person with knowledge of the self remains detached from the world. He realizes that the self within is beyond the body, mind, intellect, and their functionings. That these equipments operate according to this guna, to his gunas. He watches them as you would watch action in a movie. While watching a movie, you distance yourself from the shadows playing on the screen. You may enjoy the different characters and the roles they play in the movie, but you never forget their separateness from them and their actions. However, much feeling and thought this movie stimulates in you, you always remember that you have nothing to do with it. That is objectivity, being a sexy witness in this world. Now imagine a child sitting in the same movie theater the child lacks that objectivity. He becomes involved and attached to the happenings on the screen. The sight of a tiger in the movie terrifies him. No one can relieve his suffering as long as he remains in the darkness of the theater. One can only educate the child gradually to grow out of his ignorance. Similarly, the mass of humanity gropes in the darkness of ignorance in this world. They lack objectivity like the child in the cinema. They must put in time and effort to, to grow out of the, their worldly attachments and reach a state of maturity and wisdom. Forcing knowledge on such unprepared and immature minds will not only be futile, but could, be, could also prove detrimental. Therefore, Krishna advises the wise not to sermonize and unsettle the minds of the ignorant who are not yet ready for the knowledge. Thank you. Any questions? Any clarifications? So, so if if we carry on studying and and progress towards or try to progress towards identifying with ourselves more than our own body, mind and intellect. Would our gunas change by themselves then? Because the idea is, is that we're not able to identify with others gunas and this is where the problem occurs. But we also have are a bundle of different gunas as well, sattva, rajas, and tamas, right? So if, if 
And we can't change the world and other people's gunners. It's just about acceptance. But what about our own gunners? So if we start to identify with the self, would our gunners in everything become more satvic? Anyone answer that question? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The more you identify with yourself, in fact, it says in here, that verse Hema just read. You watch your own gunas as a sakshi. Yeah. So you become objective to your own actions. Now, as you identify more with the self, your desires reduce. Yeah. You're more objective. Yeah. You understand my vasanas are like this. But as you identify with the self, how can you identify more with the self? Besides knowledge, reducing your vasanas. It's your vasanas that, that um, block you from identifying with the self. So as you identify more with the self, your vasanas are reducing. Sattvic, rajas, tamas, whatever. Your vasanas themselves are reducing. The layers are coming off. Automatically, you become more sattvic. In all areas. As we said, Right now, instead of vilifying a person, you understand that this is their vastness. You have an objectivity over that. Why? Identify with yourself. Self in me, self in him. So can I be more objective to my own actions as well? Absolutely. Or Absolutely. witness to my own actions? Absolutely. You're the self. You're not this body, mind, intellect. But I understand that that particular vasana or is needs to be worked on or your own gunas your objective over your own gunas i am like this i'm a bit selfish when it comes to certain situations i don't like myself being selfish i must work on that how can i work on that i'm a lazy person you know, i'm very tamasic i must work on that how can i i'm gonna go jogging in a park every morning yeah, rise from that tamasic nature. Otherwise, I'm staying in bed. Yeah. You become objective to your own actions. My vasanas are such. I'm going to overcome it. You are able to be objective to your own personality. Okay, we'll stop there because we've overrun. Anybody has any questions, clarifications? Tuesday evening, 7.30, we'll have discussion you're all welcome to join and we can um, talk more about this this Tuesday yeah who's able to come okay everyone hope you enjoyed today's class a bit intense but there's a lot there <laughs>